Welcome to Generations Be Like. This is where we exchange generational views from our different experiences, lifestyles, and mindsets to find common ground. Hi, I'm Yulia, a 23-year-old Hispanic millennial who recently graduated college and is trying to figure out her place in the world. And I'm Ham, a 40-year-old Asian Gen X teacher, coach, and technology professional. As I enter the real world, I want to figure out how to navigate life as an adult. Like, what are taxes? And as a veteran of adult life, I want to continue to develop and create new opportunities for learning. Like, how do I TikTok? Thanks for joining us today. On today's episode, we're going to talk about self-care. Hey, Hom, did you see that article with the headline, self-care is way more than just taking bubble baths? No, I have not. But I know it's a very hot topic out there, especially all of the news during the pandemic. But I think self-care is a big thing. And I thought it is about bubble baths and just chilling out. That's not what it is? Uh, No. According to the definition from Google, let's get scholarly here, um, (laughs) the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. Hmm. That explains why at the top of this article that you sent me, uh, it says mental health. I was wondering why it's categorized in that. Yeah, I think self-care, a lot of people just think it's like, oh, I'm going to have a spa day. Oh, I'm going to do my nails. I'm going to relax with a nice margarita. But I think it's more than that. It's just it's taking care of yourself physically, which is important, but then also mentally. Hmm. And I think it, the inclusion there is especially in times of stress, which is uh, very clear for most of us. In our current environment, whether you're home, you're unemployed, looking for a job, your families, you're worried about school, there's a lot to worry about. And so, yeah, I think that is the buzzword for now is self-care. So what are we going to talk about and how we're going to figure that out today for our listeners? Uh, Well, we just want our listeners to be aware that they need to practice self-care. And we have about four steps that we want to impart on them. Okay. What's one? So the first is acknowledging that your health is always a top priority. So without your health, you don't really have much. Good call. The second step is figuring out what activities and practices are helpful to each person or to yourself, because not everybody is the same. Mm-hmm. Three. Um, the third step is probably the most important, but it is to put in motion to actually start practicing these things. Yeah. I'm going to jump in here and steal the fourth one, which is we want your self-care activity and practice ultimately to be part of your daily routine so that it's automated and you don't have to think about it. Yep. So obviously the first step is acknowledging that your health is always a top priority, but what are some of the things people should look out for? Like what are some of the triggers that get us going and remind us that we need to take a break and and take care of ourselves. I think one of the biggest ones now, since we live in a digital age is like scrolling through social media or through your phone too much, because Uh, sometimes that can be a lot. Mm -hmm. What is Um, your, uh, what is your scrolling platform of choice? Probably Twitter. (laughs) Agreed. I have that problem. It's so easy to get like lost in there and just keep going and liking and retweeting things. So you lose track of time. Yes. Uh, and for me, I guess as a older veteran desk jockey, I sit too much in a chair. And when you sit in a chair, you kind of like 
get these lower back pains, your middle back gets really stiff, and then you realize like you're clenching your teeth. So for me, those are some of the triggers to, to make me realize that I need to go do something different. That is basically how I know that I'm overdoing uh, whatever it is I was focused on. Do you have any other? I think what you said about clenching your mouth, sometimes your shoulders, you can like you feel them like up to your ears. If you like touch or massage yourself, they're like, it's so tight. So that's another sign that maybe you need to step back and take care of yourself. Yeah. Ultimately, right? It's just that overwhelmed feeling. Pretty much. I mean, because sometimes when we think we have so much to do and there's so little time, we forget to take care of ourselves. That's interesting that you think of that at your age. Like for me, I've always worked and I feel like I've reached a level where I have responsibility. People are are looking to me for answers. And uh, in my mind, sometimes I bypass this self-care or even this first step of acknowledging that I have to take care of myself first because my work, if someone isn't doing my work, who's going to do it, right? So that's the mentality, I think, that has always stuck in my head that has um, forced me to sometimes skip the self-care part. But that's a bad habit. And so even myself, you know, I think I thought I had this figured out almost halfway through my life that I can, uh, I should take care of myself. I still haven't figured it out. So that's why I have to talk about these things to make sure that I do them. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, I, I don't think you're alone in that because I feel we live in a time that productivity is like our number one, like it's a thing that we have to do. Everybody has to be productive all the time. Mm-hmm. Especially now that a lot of people are home right now. You think, oh, I'm at home. I have so much more time to do everything. And sometimes that's not always the case. Right. So actually, that's the wrong thought and the wrong mindset, right? Because now we don't have to spend that hour or or hour and a half for some people commuting. You're actually supposed to utilize that time on yourself. And I'm, I'm going to be honest. I actually spend that hour or so that I used to commute. I do work. And that is very guilty of me. I acknowledge it. I accept it. What I really should be doing or what I was doing on my commutes was like listening to podcasts. And like, that's how I got into this was trying to listen to something and and I wanted to be like somebody else. And now I don't do that. I filled that. I filled that 45 minutes that I get to work with work. That's bad. It is bad. But thankfully, we're here to talk about it. So we can fix that. Great. So we're going to go through uh, quite a lengthy list of 11 topics that we have uh, settled on. And Juliet, would you like to lead off with, after you have identified one of those triggers, what is one way that you like to take care of yourself? Well, my favorite way to take care of myself is through reading. And I know that sounds kind of nerdy and whatever, but it's so easy to get lost in a book and like sometimes books take you to another place and like oftentimes that's what you need you just need to not think about things that are going on right now so i like to read to unwind and so it sounds like if you're trying to take yourself somewhere else you're reading fiction fiction yeah or um you know i guess self-care is not just about like relaxing it's about also maybe informing yourself about a few things Mm -hmm. so like Maybe a self-help book or a biography or a book about social commentary. 
I am trying to practice this reading thing. I it is not natural to me. Um, <laughs> so yes, I, it, that is something that I would like to work on. I think that's a great one. I think a lot of people will agree with you that you're right. It takes you to another place, and I think that's the value in it. Okay, so what about you? If reading isn't your thing, what is something that you'd like to do? Well, my default one has always been exercise, some form of exercise. Running has always been a part of my life, most of my life, if not more than half of it. Uh, I know not everybody likes to run. I don't actually, secret here, I don't actually like to. I do it because it makes you feel better, right? So it's just a natural self-care item. The one that I have recently got into in the last uh, year and a half or so has been yoga. Mm. And not the fitness type yoga, but like the traditional spiritual one where they do a lot of breathing. Mm-hmm. A lot of like meditation-ish. Yeah. So it's 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 a 90-minute class, but there's a lot to it. They, they We do some chanting, you do some breathing, and it's all that like what you stereotypical traditional spiritual yoga type stuff, but I bought into it and I dig it. It really, really works for me now. That's good. I'm glad. (laughs) Yeah. I can't say that it were, would have worked for me when I was younger, but I think I was ready for it. So the part about some of these items and self care is that you have to understand where you are in your phase in your life and what works. I think if I was 25 and someone told me to do yoga, I would laugh and I would take it seriously. And I didn't. And only now that I'm in my forties, do I actually think I am ready to do it. And it has worked. There's something about it. So I like that one. That's interesting. Okay. What's Um, number three for you? Okay. So I know our, we talked about like self-care is not all about like spa days and stuff like that, but sometimes a spa day just hits the spot. Okay. (laughs) So like a massage, or a facial, like moisturizing or like exfoliating, maybe getting a pedicure or manicure. Because I feel like that's sometimes an easy way to also unwind. No, this is the total first world self-care solution. And now that you can go back to some of these, or have you been able to go and enjoy one of these days like a manicure? I personally haven't, um, but I know other people have, like my mom did recently, you know, and she she needed that after a long time. (laughs) And did it help her uh, mood for that day? Oh, it absolutely did. (laughs) She came back all like smiling, like showing off her nails and she felt like great and confident. Yeah. See, that's, that is self-care right there. You come, you got to come out of whatever this activity that you have smiling and you have just this like feeling that you're you're ready to go again so that's the goal i i would like to stand on my soapbox and say like (laughs) um you know spa days we usually think it's like a girl activity and stuff like that but not it doesn't have to be just a girl activity guys can definitely you know exfoliate or moisturize their face or even get manicures Um, it's all about taking care of your body as well so and i again i have i resisted it for a long time but i did go and get a man a pedicure actually one time and i was like this is awesome why isn't this more of a (laughs) men do this a little bit it really it's really nice when someone massages your calves and then like your feet feel so soft it's great yep yep Uh, i did not get any colors on my toes well baby steps okay right that's a great one yulia thank you for bringing that one up yep um so what's number four for you 
I think this, what we're doing right now, which is writing, thinking, producing something that's creative. This for me is like books. So making a podcast is like books for you. This takes me into another world, right? It takes me back to when I was kind of uh, in the classroom as a, as a teacher. Since I don't do that anymore, this is my way to try to eloquently put my thoughts together as best as I can uh, to share and to see if I can help somebody. So again, being creative, just writing things out, journaling sometimes is a, is a fun activity to, again, to take me away from my first distraction. Yeah, I think mental stimulation um, is certainly a way to practice self-care because, you know, keeping your mind engaged and doing things that you love to do is, is a way of taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. I agree. And yes, it's a different challenge and it's a different part of your brain too, right? It's not just this monotonous thing. Uh, yep. So I see you wrote something about talking about what you're feeling. Tell me more about that one for self-care. Yes. Okay. I feel like some people always think that they have to keep things inside and always have to put on a brave face. That's me. But sometimes keeping things in is what is making you unhappy. And telling someone what you're going through and sharing your burden can help lessen that load, so to speak. And how do you do that? Well, if you have someone that you trust to speak about these things with, like a friend or a family or even a coworker, depending on what it is, those are the people I usually turn to if I feel like I have to get something off my chest. So just get it out, talk it out, get it out of your head, unload it on somebody else, so to speak. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, I guess that might be a little selfish way to think of it, but sometimes <laughs> they can offer you insight. Yes, you're right. Or, or they maybe even have something that they're going through as well that you can you know, both help each other in that way. Yes. No, I think that's important. Um, I know I said it's unloading, but you're right. You want someone else's point of view because yours may be so clouded and one tracked that you may need someone to shake you out of it and tell you that you're looking at it the wrong way. So I think that's an excellent point. I think that leads us into our next point, which I think you wrote down, which is talking to a therapist. Yeah, so this, or a professional, any professional counselor, so any professional counselor, uh, I think is helpful. I've done this for a while, and again, it's similar to talking to family, but in this case, it's someone that's impartial. They don't have necessarily an emotional connection to you. Um, it is treated as a kind of professional situation where... They don't actually solve your problems. They just kind of talk you through your own and how you're thinking about it. And I think it's very valuable. Um, I would say that I didn't promote this or let people know that I did it early on because I thought it's embarrassing to have to do this. But I have found it to be very helpful. And because I have practiced being honest with myself that I should invite others and share my experience. Uh, the interesting part about this one and going to see a professional, um, I know that when I was younger, like I just said, it's not, it may have been looked down upon, but for someone like you, would you actually consider going to speak to a professional at your age about what you're feeling? Uh, definitely. I, I know there's a stigma around meth mental health and yeah. therapy and people are so scared of it. They don't want to be seen as like weak or, uh, pardon this word, but crazy. But I think younger generations are definitely more open about mental health struggles and talking to therapists and things of that nature. Because, you know, we know it's 
it's not always pretty, but it is helpful and sometimes necessary. Yeah. And I, I think I applaud that of younger generations, uh, that they are a little more open with their feelings. I know some headlines that you see are like, you know, your snowflakes or, uh, just suck it up. Uh, but I don't think that's right necessarily. I think it's great to be able to be open and talk about how you're feeling. But yeah, I think it's really nice that people can be open and say, yes, you know what? I'm having a problem with this. Not necessarily my whole life, but I'm having a problem processing this. How can you help me do this? And I think that is what the value of potentially seeing a therapist is. Because really, you only see them 45 minutes or to an hour a week. So you can only cover so much and a mm -hmm. big step in self-care, which is seeking professional help. Yep, I totally agree. But also kind of bouncing off the going to a professional, you know, making an appointment to a doctor is also a form of self-care. Um, because, you know, checking up on your body, like health-wise, is also super important. Mm -hmm. And I know it's not, it's sad to say this, but, you know, health insurance is like a big issue with a lot of people yeah. um, nowadays. But if you can, definitely get checkups when you can. Okay. Uh, getting back to some of the lighter side of things. Um, another one that I like to do that I did recently is volunteer. And so I like to volunteer on a farm animal sanctuary. So for the, yeah, for the last four years, I started going to this farm animal sanctuary where they have rescued goats and cows and pigs and chickens and some horses. And it's really nice to go up there, hear their story, because, yes, animals can be mistreated just like humans. Yep. Um, and so I like helping them out and then doing the same thing for the animals that I am promoting uh, professionals do for you so we go up there it's so much fun you, it's so relaxing do you just kind of hang out with the goats and you pet them yes you are cleaning up a lot of poop but i think the animals really appreciate what you do for them and so helping out another life form <laughs> or being i think for me is a great sense of self-care but volunteering does not have to be an animal sanctuary it could just be period helping somebody else out is the rewarding part. That's a great point because sometimes when you think of self-care, it's like all about myself. But, yeah. you know, sometimes it does help to give back to others. Yeah. So volunteering, giving back to others is one of my favorite ones because, again, it takes me out of my current situation and makes me forget about, like you just said, myself. I should be helping somebody else. And that's really the most rewarding part. Juliet, we're nearing the end of our self-care list is there one other practice that you want to mention? I think having a good diet is really important because um, sometimes, like, for example, you can have like a lot of sugar and that can feel great at the moment and totally make you crash later on. So, so do, you mean, do you mean like, why don't I just go out to a restaurant, have a great time, like enjoy a great meal? I mean, every once in a while, I think that's a bad idea. But I also mean like, eating some broccoli with your meals, you know, instead of just like a, a greasy hamburger or, or something like that. Okay. I mean, and that's easy for me to say because I love vegetables, but, you know, I love vegetables. Okay, vegetables good. are so good. <laughs> Stick with it. I'm, I'm proud of you, actually. That's great. What's one last one for you? 
I am a big fan of water. I think that may be why I have stuck myself near the East Coast. The obvious one is the beach, but because the, just trying to get in the waves and the power of the ocean, again, takes you outside of yourself, which I think is important. Um, but if you're not near a beach, uh, hanging out on a lake is always fun. A pool, hot tub, anything that you hear water rustling, there's something about it. Again, maybe it's going back to the yoga spiritual thing, but uh, I really get something out of it when I hear or am near or in water. So I appreciate that one. That's kind of high on my list. I can totally see that because even like a long, hot shower feels awesome. So that perfect example. You're right. I totally forgot that. You're right. Showers are the best. (laughs) But you know what's even better, and I think we all agree, and I think our last and most favorite self-care tip, why don't you tell our audience? Is sleep. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Do not underestimate the power of sleep. Do not underestimate the power of sleep. I have to repeat that again, yes, because it is the most powerful self-care that you have uh, because, you know what, you do that more than anything. (laughs) but it is our number one suggestion do not underestimate the power of sleep yes you can you can feel it like even on a daily basis if you have a bad night's sleep you're cranky and moody and the day just doesn't feel quite right yeah you never want to start your day off feeling wrong uh and generally that may be because uh you had a poor night's sleep so do not scrimp skimp do not skimp on your sleep (laughs) Yes. We covered a lot of activities for self-care that we do. Our audience is going to have a whole bunch of different set of ideas. And this is only going to work if you can make this part of your daily routine. So what is one way, regardless of the activity, that will remind us to get started and put one of these actions into practice? I think setting a reminder for yourself is like the first step to doing all this um just maybe it's visual maybe it's like actually putting an alarm on your phone or something like that um just remind yourself that these are steps that you have to take so i think that's a great tip julia why don't we do that all together let's write a reminder to ourselves four hours from now that says self-care practice sounds good doing it right now tap tap on my phone Great. So now we have all set a reminder to help ourselves. Uh, We hope that you have taken a lot from today's episode. We want you to be conscious and aware of your physical and mental health. Uh, While it's, again, a big topic these days, this is something that you should always constantly be practicing. Um, And over time, small little habits add up to bigger ones. And so hopefully it will lead to great things for you and your body will thank you yes so what's one sentence to sum it all up Juliet? go self-care yourself thank you for joining us today on generations be like we hope you learned all the things check out the show notes for links about today's topic got any questions comments or concerns tweet us at jens be like join us for our next episode